This is The Insecurity Project. If you are looking to solve the insecurity problem in your life, rather than just manage it, mask it or medicate it, you have come to the right place. This is the home of high-quality content and conversations about how to overcome insecurity. If you can do that, it's not just good for you, it's not just good for your friends and family, it's good for the world, so it's kind of important. There's some work to do here, but let's go do this work together. Now on to today's show. Hey friends, 10 Minute Tuesday time. Is it just me or is it? Is the world a beautiful place today? I'm feeling great. I feel like the, the weight of the world has been lifted off my shoulders. I, I finally, after five years, have finished the One Minute Coach book. And uh, you, you may be similar to my wife, might not understand why that's been so hard, um, but it's been, it's been the most difficult thing I've ever done. Not to complain, that wouldn't be very good of me to do, but, you know, 365 short, sharp segments that don't contradict with each other, that don't repeat each other, that I'm still really proud of and have said it well, that's been hard. It's, uh, it's constantly brutalised me. Anyway, but I finished. I finally finished the third run through of the final manuscript late last night. It's off for the final round of editing, off to the proofreader, and then we'll be in your hot little hands before Christmas. So if you're a one-minute coach fan, um, I think you really enjoy this. And, and Catherine's been very kind to me every time she's done the editing so far. She's, she's put a lot of wind in my sails and uh, feels like uh, it's, there's some quality stuff in there. So one of the things that I've constantly had in my mind every time I've gone to write or record or speak one of those one-minute coach segments is a line out of Switchfoot's song, if we're adding to the noise, please turn off this song. There's a lot of noise out there and I would hate to be guilty of adding to it. So anyway, it's my best, it's my best effort at providing a short, sharp, transformational coaching insight, one for every day of the year. So um, we'll get it to you with a journal and it'll be a, a useful aid in helping your growth. Anyway, on to today's subject, live as though your father is dead. That's a tough one. Uh, David Dieter. His book, The Way of the Superior Man, uh, it's, it's hard-hitting, very provocative, but extraordinary. It's gone straight into my top five all-time books. Um, I'm on my second, second time through the audio and read the paperback. Um, but, yeah, just an extraordinary contribution. And chapter three is live as though your father were dead. Uh, he says, how would you have lived, how would you lived your life differently if you had never tried to please your father? If you never tried to show your father that you were worthy, if you never felt burdened by your father's critical eye, for the next three days, do at least one activity a day that you have avoided or suppressed because of the influence of your father. In this way, practice being free of his subtle expectations, which may now reside within your own self-judgment. Practice being free in this way once each day for three days, even if you still feel fearful, limited, unworthy, or burdened by your father's expectations. Extraordinary. Um, now, this idea, it's actually not his idea. He says it very powerfully, but it really does come from the work of Freud and, and bolstered by Jung. Um, you know, Jordan Peterson, one of my all-time heroes, I was listening to some stuff he said about Freud the other day, and he just summarizes Freud so beautifully and says, look, to be honest, um, Freud's greatest contribution was his observation that the human's single greatest challenge is to break free from the nest. 
And there are many forces that work against that independence, both within the life of the child that would like to cling and in the life of the parents that would like to contain. Um, at, its, at its worst, it's um, incestuous, and that's the odipetal child syndrome. Um, but there are many other ways that it plays out. The point being that all dysfunction comes from the family unit. Uh, Peterson says, not once has ever come to therapy overprepared. Their parents have overprepared them for independence. It's the other way around. So uh, the same would be true in my experience in 10 years of coaching and 10 years of church pastoral work before that, the impact of family. It's extraordinary and it's unavoidable, obviously, and, and family is the great joy of life, but also creates the most dysfunction. So this is in no way aimed at disregarding your father or undermining your father or being ungrateful for his impact. Um, my own father, I'm, I'm extraordinarily grateful for, love dearly. Um, but the, the purpose is to live your own life. It's to stand on your dad's shoulders and go beyond what he was capable of not to be limited because most people are most people are still living in some way that the shadow and the expectations and the rule and still seeking to uh, to get approval and validation from their dad uh if you haven't heard me talk about the chief validator that's another podcast you can go back and look at but to just summarize that idea uh, the research suggests that uh you know as, as a child you know develops within the family unit Clearly, they've got to outsource their need for validation. So they're looking to their parents primarily or elder siblings or uncles and aunts, but, but they're looking within the family to meet their need for validation, significance, love. Um, and, and they will choose one person to have that role whose opinion will matter more than anyone else's. And it will typically be the person who's least likely to give it freely. So, for instance, if your mum is soft and cuddly and warm and affirming, that love is taken for granted. And if your father is cold and distant and absent and demanding, uh, then the law of scarcity says we want what we can't have. And the more we can't have it, the more we want it. So he, he would get the nod as the chief validator. Obviously, sometimes that's played out as the mother you know, instead of the father. But uh, the point is there are a lot of people who have positioned their dad um, as the as the chief validator in their life, and and they have never found a way to take that badge off him, no matter how well he's done at that job, uh, he will he will not have the capacity to uh, release you into independence. Um, power is never taken away from someone; it's given away. So part of the work as an adult is to take power back, and to own our independence and own our value and worth, and be the chief validator in our own lives. So. Uh, there's a lot of really interesting stuff that happens in the interaction between um, a child and their parent, son and father, daughter and father. Uh, sometimes there's vows made to do the opposite of your dad. Sometimes people have had a lot of pain in their relationship with their father. And so internally they have said, this is the example that I will, I will demonstrate the complete opposite to. So if my father was a drunk, well, I'll be sober. I'll never touch a drop of alcohol. My father got divorced. Well, I will stay in this marriage until the, for the rest of my life. If my father was harsh, well, I'll be soft. If my father was angry, I'll be calm. If my father was terrible with money, I'll be great with money. So that that's really might be a really beautiful intention, but it is still you are still in the confines of living to prove something, prove you are better than your father. So if you're living to prove something to someone. Uh, that energy is destructive in your life. It's toxic. It's not producing your best. The aim is to be able to prove, have nothing to defend and nothing to prove. 
that is really where you're at your best. And so to live as though your father is dead is to take the scissors out and cut the cord that links your life to his, even though biologically, genetically, relationally, you're very much connected until you find a way of disconnecting, then you can never be free. The aim is not to be free for the sake of freedom. The aim is freedom for contribution and freedom for interdependence. Stephen Covey says the journey to, to maturity goes from dependence to independence to interdependence. So the aim of the game is not to be an island needing no one and disconnected from everyone. The aim is interdependence, meaningful relationships, but with your cup full. You can't come with your cup full unless you've gone through the waters of independence, unless you've cut all the cords, unless you have... Um, discontinued the input of those around you and forged your own path. There is no other way. And it's dangerous and difficult and painful and creates mess and chaos and distance. But that is, that is the design. And most people never find a way and so remain some kind of codependence remain definitely limited. Um, now this is not, you know, this is not saying your father's terrible. Sometimes the, the best fathers create the most pressure for their children to live up to their expectation and live up to the model. Sometimes wonderful fathers leave an incredible burden for their children to say, I could never be as good as my dad. Um, you know, you imagine LeBron James, congratulations, LeBron, if you're listening to this, well done on the, uh, the championship ring number four today. What a glorious achievement. I hope you uh, take well on rest now and celebrate with friends and family and looking forward to next season. Uh, but imagine being LeBron James' son or, or his sons. Like, how do, you, how do you match the world's greatest human? You can't. So that, that's not saying that he's a bad dad. He's an excellent dad, an excellent human, but that pressure is going to create pain. And so ultimately his son will find freedom when he lives as though his father is dead, <laughs> when he finds a way of discontinuing that. So it's a provocative idea but a powerful idea and, and there's a central idea in human development it is a central idea in you overcoming insecurity which is based on your own opinion of yourself and then you've sought to fix that problem by outsourcing it so you've thought you weren't valuable and then needed your dad to approve of you your mother to love you your friends to um, accept you to feel valuable well that's only going to work for a season and even then that season it's working it's not working very well because they never do it particularly well and your cup's always half empty the aim of the game is to validate your own existence change your own opinion um, be the one who decides you are worthy and until you decide that no one else's opinion is ever going to match it so uh, for some of you just just to finalize some of you have already lost your dad and you're you're living as though he was still alive which is an interesting distinction. I've got clients who imagined that when their dad actually died physically, it would be easy to cut the cord, but it was actually twice as hard. If you can't say a bad word about your dad when he's alive, good luck trying to say anything bad when he's dead. Death often makes people saints. So to live as though he is dead means to actually live as though he's dead. Whether he is alive or whether he is dead, it is to free yourself. And to do the stuff that you would do irrespective of his expectation or his approval or his say-so. Uh, the key idea, a really important one. I hope that's useful. I'll uh, talk to you again next week. You've been listening to The Insecurity Project. The aim of the game is to show up to life unhindered by doubt, fear and insecurity so that you can be at your best where it matters most. Now, if you're ready to begin the work of becoming unhindered in your life, 
The Unhindered Short Course is an eight-part video series designed to help you do exactly that. And at only $99 for a limited time, it's an offer too good to refuse. For more information, go to theinsecurityproject.com.